Hello and a heartfelt welcome to all our listeners as we embark on season four of the Family Twist podcast. I'm Kendall Austin Stulse, and my life's story is a tapestry of unexpected turns from being adopted as an infant to losing my adoptive parents by the time I was 17, and then in a twist of fate, finding my birth family through the magic of DNA testing in 2017. And I'm Corey Stulse, Kendall's partner on this life adventure. When we uncovered his paternal birth family's roots on the East Coast, I knew our next chapter was calling us there to mend the missing pieces of Kendall's heart with the love of newfound relatives. Our podcast began as a single thread, a narrative of my own, but it is woven into a vibrant quilt of stories celebrating the complexities of DNA surprises, adoption, donor conception, NPEs, not parent expected, surrogacy and the myriad ways families come together. We've been welcomed into an incredible community with each guest sharing their own family twist. And through it all, we've found strength in each other. Thank you for letting us share our passion and these remarkable stories with you. The bonds we formed with you, our listeners, and the stories you've shared have only deepened our commitment to this journey. Family Twist isn't just a podcast. It's a celebration of the unexpected ties that bind us all. Thank you for joining us on this fantastic ride. We're so happy to have Melanie Blanc join us today. Melanie describes themselves as a disabled, donor-conceived, genderqueer artist, entrepreneur, and entertainer. They certainly live up to that brief bio during our conversation. Melanie discovered they were donor-conceived around age eight, and they have a full sister from the same donor. The revelation didn't change their life immediately, but Melanie did a 23andMe test about a decade later. That began the growth of Melanie's pod of half-siblings, most of whom are on the West Coast. In this episode, Melanie shares their desire to become more involved in activism within the donor-conceived community. It's a small but growing group of donor babies, donor parents, and adoptive parents. If you've been listening to our donor-conceived-themed episodes, you'll recognize names in this episode, including Laura High and Dylan Stone-Miller. Get ready for the next generation of donor-conceived activists. Here's Melanie. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Kendall and I have really delved into the donor conception side of the story, the family twists over the last six months or so. And it's been absolutely fascinating, heartbreaking, heartlifting, all of it, because it's just everybody's story is unique, but there are so many similarities, of course, along the same way. And I think the heartening part for us is getting to see the donor conception community grow and helping each other through education and moral support and advocacy and all of that. Yeah. So thank you in advance for coming on and being open to sharing your story. Well, and I have very recently within the last year been delving into the donor conceived community. And then I realized how similar it is to the adoption community. And so yep. just within the last, I want to say four months, I started to learn more about that side of the baby business. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There are definitely crossovers there, not only within the industries, but also with just how people discover their truth. And sometimes it's super, super early on, like Kendall has never not known he was adopted. Right. And then there are other folks like our episode this last week, guy was 48 years old before he found out and yeah. essentially kind of forced his parents to tell him because there was like lingering stuff that was very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm still halfway through that episode, but I've been kind of binging them throughout the last couple of weeks. Oh, 
Oh, Thank awesome. You. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit about your story. When did you find out you were donor conceived? I found out when I was around eight years old. I was in like fourth or fifth grade and learning about genetics for the first time, which is, I think, a fairly common story. And I consider hmm. myself lucky to have found out when I was so young, around eight. We were learning about the Punnett squares. And my dad had brown hair, brown eyes, and skin that tanned really well. And neither of my sister and I had brown hair, dark brown eyes. We had very, very fair skin. We looked nothing like him. And I guess I just kept pestering my mom about it. And she finally broke down. She's bad at keeping secrets. (laughs) So she finally broke down. She sat us down and said, listen, like, your dad isn't your dad, but I don't want you to treat him like he's not your dad. And we're like, well, yeah, he's our dad. Right. That's not, that was never really in question the entire time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't imagine a situation unless there's like abuse or something like that happening where someone finding out whether they're eight or 18 or 48 if this is the parent that raised them and they've always loved and bonded with, then why would that change? It should change absolutely nothing. Right. Yeah. 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 I definitely feel that way. I do still, I like to call my dad, my social dad, because he's for all intended purposes, my dad. Right. Yeah. Are you older than your sister? No, my sister. So I have a full older sister. She's two and a half years older. My sister was born in 92. I was born in 94. And my sister never really had as much of an interest as I did. Mm. I think partly because she fit in with my mom's Mm. family more. I am sperm donor conceived. Right. Okay. Did your sister find out at the same time that you found out? Yeah. Okay. We were both sat down at the same time and my mom told us and my sister just kind of was like, huh. And then just went back, <laughs> went back to watching cartoons. Wow. And at that point, I remember my life like flipped upside down, but nothing mm-hmm. changed. Right. Mm-hmm. At that age, do you even have questions about uh, like, well, who was he? You know, what's the story? At that point, my mom really didn't have much information. We didn't really have a full okay. donor profile, but my parents were told that he had two degrees in music. Oh, okay. All right. So we were kind of in a nature versus nurture thing. My mom was like, let's see if you're musically inclined. Yeah. And we were. Wow. Okay. Well, wow. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's cool. But then there was at one point, my mom brought up the donor sibling registry. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she never fully signed up for it, but she did find that there was a sister like around my sister's age, Mm -hmm. but my mom asked my sister and we never really ended up reaching out to her. Mm. And so I never found any other siblings until 2020. Okay. All right. So 2020, that's when you did a test. I took the test. I took 23 and me first in 2018. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think my sister took it the following year And then we just kind of waited in January of 2020. We had a half brother show up, but then 2020 happened and neither of us really followed through. We didn't really know how to proceed. Mm. Right. Yeah. It was a weird couple of years for all of us. Everything was topsy turvy. Yeah. (laughs) And weirdly enough, finding a long lost half brother wasn't even on the top 10 weird things that happened that year. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Have you connected with him now? We have connected with him now. He is 
honestly an amazing artist, a photographer. He is born 94 as well, the same oh. year as me. And he also has an older half brother. From the same donor. No, he also has an older full brother. Okay. okay. He's my half brother. Got gotcha. it. Okay. Right, right. So it is kind of cool to find other siblings. It is really, really cool to find other siblings that have the same kind of experiences because they were told around 18. Okay. Okay. How far are you geographically from your half siblings? Or do you know? Well, okay. So out of the last couple of years, I have found 16 of us so far. And most of them live on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is where our donor donated. Okay. Okay. LA area. And so there's six or seven that still live in California. There's one in Portland. There's one in British Columbia, Canada. Cool. There's two right now in New York State. So I did go see them for Thanksgiving. I'm in Ohio. Right. Right. So it was a nine hour drive to go out to Albany to see one of my sisters. Very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. How much do you know about the donor? So that is something that when I was told 20 some years ago, um, I have always wondered who this guy is. We found out that he had a musical background and I really didn't know much else. And then in December of last year, just over a year ago, I had two half sisters show up on 23andMe and one of them said, hey, there's three more on Ancestry and I found our biological father. Do you want to know who he is? Wow. Oh, wow. So within one night, there was five more. And I saw a picture of my biological father. Wow. Man. Wow. Is he a famous musician? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things where as a kid, I let my mind run and you just kind of like, you think these things, like, I wonder who he is. Yeah. And ended up, he was a middle school librarian. Oh, okay. Hey, awesome. He has not reached out to any of our attempts to contact him. Okay. Okay. Um, I have had to talk myself and one of my sisters out of just showing up at his doorstep. Don't talk to Kendall because he'll yeah. talk you into going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and I haven't done that with my birth mother yet either, but <laughs> you know, I, I have this recurring dream that it happens. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's you know it is what it is at this moment. But I hear you. It's it's hard not to just do it. It's something that therapy. I started therapy again this summer, and it's been helpful just to teach myself to give him some compassion, give him some grace. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. Yep. It is curious though that he's on ancestry because obviously he, he is knows not. He- Oh, he's not. Oh, okay. Okay. So my sister who contacted me, who was on Ancestry, had used DNA angels. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So she was able to narrow it down to a very high percentage that is it is this person. Mm -hmm. And then I saw a high school picture of him. And it is my face. Wow. 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 All right. Yeah. So... Uh, I have very little doubt at this point. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yes, it's been a while since we've talked to DNA Angel, but we're going to do some more of those interviews this season because the stories are just unbelievable. My sister who used them, she said they typically add a couple hundred people to the ancestry tree to build it out. And they added over 500 people and they tracked it down and turns out one of our ancestors is related to one of the people who works with DNA angels. Oh, that's really cool. Like it's one of the employees there, one of the volunteers there, her husband is like our second cousin or something. Oh, wow. Bizarre. It is a small world after all, you know? No kidding. (laughs) Um, Can we talk a little bit about the nature side of things? You mentioned that you and your sister are both musically inclined. Can you talk a little about that? So I played the French horn for over 10 years. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. My sister and I both attended an arts middle school, high school. She was more like a choral theater, musical theater major. And I was a band person through and through. Awesome. (laughs) And it was one of those things where I'm not sure if, I think my sister and I would have ended up in music, even if my parents hadn't have known that genetically we were inclined, but it is still fascinating because out of the 16 of us, Mm -hmm. majority of us have Mm. musical abilities. That's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Are any of your siblings sort of exploring that as like career options? One of my brothers was a professional opera singer for several years. Wow. Very cool. Wow. Man. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And then I do have a half sister who is in a band and a like a comedy sketch group. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Super, super creative people. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we love to use our platform to talk about the importance of the arts, especially with children and people going through school, because even if you don't end up pursuing that career wise, it just prepares you for so much as a human Mm. and prepares you so much for finding success in whatever you decide to do. Yeah. And I'll step off my little soapbox (laughs) now, but (laughs) I'm I'm always talking about the arts because I think it's so important. And Kendall and I were both encouraged to be performers and whatever we wanted to do. And obviously we don't do that professionally now, although I think it's certainly helped us with the podcast. Oh yeah, (laughs) for sure. I feel sorry for people that have performance anxiety and things like that. You know, I can't relate. My adoptive parents said that they wish I had a shy bone in my body because (laughs) I was the outgoing, annoying toddler. Did you pick up traits? Because that's something that I, with my social dad, like I do think I got some of his sense of humor. Did you pick up similar traits from your like adoptive parents? For sure. For sure. I mean, I relate I don't know my birth mother, but I know my birth father, and I like him very much, and he's a great guy, but I just don't relate to him the same way that I, you know, uh, and I'm a sociologist at heart, so like, I want there to be a lot of truth to the, the nurture side of the story, you know, so, and I feel like I am an example of that, but right, yeah, for sure, because we talk about, my parents have been, my adoptive parents have been dead for years and years, but we talk about them probably daily. Like yeah. there's such an influence still to this day. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. So I literally just got back last night from a trip to New York City with Kendall's half sister on his mom's side. 
and she's a NICU nurse and we were traveling with three of her really dear friends who are also NICU nurses. And we'd kind of like chatted with one of them over the last year or so via like Facebook and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, BJ. And guess what? Uh, the B stands for Kendall. Betty? Yes. Oh, and now, you know, my mother's name was Betty Jean. So I'm wondering now what Aww. the J is in BJ. Am I? I don't think it's Jean. I think it's something because we were playing the guessing game. Oh. And uh, I don't remember, but I, do, I definitely, huh. yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. I know. It's just my adopted mom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is the age range of your pod? So, our pod, the oldest, is born in April of 91. And the youngest is May of 95. Oh, okay. All right. So it's pretty so, close. Yeah. But we're and not, do... but Kendall and I could have been the donor. <laughs> but we're not. Oh. We're not. <laughs> we were, the, we're the, of the age we could have been. <laughs> did you live in Los Angeles? Did you go to USC? <laughs> no, <laughs> neither of us did. <laughs> I may have said too. Well, so one of the things that I think is interesting with my story is we have two separate donor numbers. Hmm. In my pod. Okay. Hmm. And I, I mean, I don't mind sharing my donor number. I won't share my half sister's number, but my parents went through the university of Southern California for a andrology lab. Mm -hmm. And so I have donor number 76, Hmm. which really is telling how new the industry is. It was like a page and a half of like 50 donor numbers. Oh, Hmm. Wow. And my parents had like their height, their eye color, basic information, Hmm. but my parents weren't given medical records as far as my mom knew. And so I have donor number 76, but one of my sisters has a different donor number from California cryobank. Right. Mm -hmm. And she is the same age as my full sister. Hmm. The oldest was born in Detroit Hmm. so far. And so right now we're kind of trying to track down how many banks were donated to, if it's just the two or if there's more. Right. And back, well, it's still, you know, it isn't regulated well enough at all. Yeah. And you wonder if maybe they were being sold after they were collected to mm. other banks, you know, so it's interesting. Yeah, which, I mean, that's his whole other ethical issue. All right. Yeah. I mean, the lack of regulation there, it's the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still. Well, and I think it's so crazy that donor number 76. And then even then my half sister, like her donor number is in the under thousands. It's three digits. Wow. And they're up to 20,000s now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been kind of the craziest thing for me to learn in the last year is that they're still getting away with the same kind of practices from 30 years ago when we were all born. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So that has kind of what pushed me into the advocacy route. Totally makes sure. sense. Well, let's talk a little bit about the advocacy. We found each other through a couple of our former guests, Laura High and Donor Dylan, and you yeah. were all together at a person's yeah. kind of protest in New Orleans recently. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? So when I found most of my siblings last year, I got into as much media as I could about donor conception. And I found Laura High, TikTok, Instagram. And I started listening to her podcast insemination earlier this year. 
And she announced that there was going to be a protest in New Orleans and it was going to be in like a month's time. And at this point I live in Ohio, so it was going to be a task to get to New Orleans, but I also knew that I would regret it if I didn't. Also, my husband's brother lives in New Orleans, so we just had to figure out a way to get to New Orleans. And we have a place to stay. It would be easier. Sure, sure. So I finally figured out a way to get to New Orleans. We drove to Louisville, Kentucky, and then flew down from there. And it was a whole trip. It was really pretty fun. And I showed up not knowing anyone else. And I left with amazing lifelong connections. Mm, That's great. I had found the Made to Wonder race. Mm Mm-hmm. Through, is that the USDCC or is that Right to Know? I can't remember which. I think this was the second or third year that they're doing the Made to Wonder race to end anonymous donations. And so I had found that. We signed up for that and I showed up with my husband in Jackson Square and just kind of uh, trauma bonded instantly with everyone. Hmm. That's great. So there was the right to know. We hung out. I got to meet Jacoba and Laura and Kelly Bests. I got to meet Cassandra Evans, both of the Mel's from, is the one from USDCC and then the other is the donor conceived community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were like two Melanies and three Mel's there. So it got a little confusing. <laughs> Here's your name tag. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. We did have name tags. <laughs> And the protest was amazing. Getting to hear Dylan tell his story over and over again to people who genuinely had no clue that this was going on. It was life-changing in a way that I knew we were dealing with a problem, but I didn't quite realize that this is a human rights issue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is a massive problem of people being able to buy and sell children. Mm -hmm. Right. Making billions of dollars off of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And leaving a lot of people in the dark as far as their health histories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, they're making a ton of money. Are they doing it the right way? Are are people slipping through the cracks that are not being honest about their um, ethically? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really disturbing, you know, Mm -hmm. is hearing the parents who are just so frantic because they don't know what's wrong with their child physically and they don't have the full health history. So they can't go to the doctor and say, here's let's go back three generations. They can't. And then it's trial and error Mm -hmm. and making people Mm -hmm. sicker. It's just it's a crime. It's an absolute crime. Yeah. And, you know, there's some relation to the adoption community there too, because my parents' adoption for me was closed and they knew nothing. I mean, they knew my birth date, they knew the hospital where I was born, and they knew my name. And those were the three pieces of information they had. And And that you were born premature, so who knows why, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, they could tell by my birth weight that I was premature, but they were at least told that. Um, I joked with them as I got older and found out how sick I was as a baby. I said, you purposefully chose me. That was nice of you. Like I I would have been like, no, maybe not like that. That kid's sick all the time. But my mother said, you know, it was just one of those things. Like she said, I actually didn't feel like I had a choice. Like you were my kid. I personally have had a lot of health issues. And as of this point, I'm not sure 
they are related to the donor. Mm-hmm. I have found some of them are from my mom's side. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we do know the ADHD comes from the donor. Mm-hmm. So far, about 70% of us turn out to be ADHD. Wow. Okay. Wow. wow. Probably not something that he mentioned when he started donating. Or <laughs> probably not something he knew. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I mean, right. it was a completely different era yeah. than where right. even if people recognized it about themselves, that there was such a stigma associated with it where you wouldn't even talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you had a late diagnosis based on that? Yes. Okay. Mm. Yes. Well, and part of it is my mother is neurodivergent of her own. So I told my mom, I called my mom one day a couple of years ago and I said, I think I'm ADHD. And she said, no, everyone's like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well. Yeah. What do your parents think about you getting involved with your pod and now getting involved with advocacy? So I could have said earlier, I guess, my social dad passed away in February of 2020. Oh, okay. So he, it was something we never really talked about. So my social dad, he had Klinefelter syndrome. Hmm. So my dad was born XXY chromosome and knew that he was infertile. And my parents got married knowing that they wouldn't have kids. Mm -hmm. They were married for 10 years and then I think decided to give it a try. And out of three attempts, they ended up with the two of us. Hmm. So they were really lucky that my mom didn't herself experience fertility issues. Right, right, right. Uh, This was the first donor that they chose. And my dad was our dad for all intents and purposes, but I still wasn't super close with him. Mm -hmm. And I think he would have been very interested in it. And my mom thinks it's really fun. My mom thinks my nieces and nephews are also her grandkids. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) It's sweet, but it's also, I'm like, well. No, not really, (laughs) not really related. Right. Not really related, but it's it's a good sentiment. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it were the opposite. We can relate to that. Tonight, we're going to my biological father's ex-wife, the mother of two of my half siblings, my local half siblings, we go to her family's holiday party. So we're going, yeah, and it's fun. They're a huge family. And so my siblings, cousins are all there and they've been so welcoming to Corey and me and the aunties and uncles are great. It's a lot of fun. And it makes me think these are people I could have grown up around, you know, and I just found, found them six years ago. And I, don't have a lot of that aside from yeah. Corey's fabulous family. Yeah. That has for me been the best part of this entire experience is gaining family that I'm so connected to, even though we are still kind of strangers mm-hmm. in a way it's family that I don't know their childhood stories and I don't know even their favorite colors. Right. 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 But I still feel so connected to them and I love them so deeply already. And I mean, just in the last year between my husband and then now my nieces and nephews, I have six nieces and nephews to buy presents for. And this is like literally the first year right? That's right. that I'm buying presents for nieces yeah. and nephews. Aww. My family has expanded <laughs> 12 times. No kidding. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. wow. 
how many of your half siblings are getting into the advocacy side of things and your sister that you grew up with? So out of the 16 of us, there's 12 of us in a group chat. Okay. Oh, cool. There's still four that haven't really wanted to get in contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of the 12, I would say there's like eight of us that are fairly active in the chat. Okay. Wow. Um, I somehow have kind of become the matriarch of the pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't mean for that to happen, but I will accept the role happily. Yeah. Um, what does that entail? What are your duties as the matriarch of the pod? <laughs> um, I made the spreadsheet. Okay. Yeah. I guess somehow I'm in charge of planning the vacation next year. Okay. Got it. Not fully in charge, but I'm kind of the person that everyone reaches out to when they have questions on anyone else or I seem to be the central, the most um, in it. Yeah. 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 Accessible. Yeah. 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 Open. I'm also self-employed and don't have kids, so I have a lot more free time than the rest of them. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I get it. I have six half-siblings and I'm the only one without children, so I get it. (laughs) We don't have that demand right. on our yes. lives. Yes. You know, that's so cool, though. Where are you talking about vacationing next year with the pod? So we were talking about going back to, well, we were going to California. We were talking about maybe San Diego. Oh, oh it's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it says it's beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. so nice. So somewhere West Coast, especially since there are so many of us that aren't near the West Coast. Right. It seems easier there because half of us are already over there. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Right. So it is a lot harder for the couple of us, especially the two in New York State that have kids, to get out to California. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 But I think something warm. We've been kind of looking at Airbnbs, hotels, yeah. trying to figure out what the best option is. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, 12 of you could go en masse to knock on your biological father's door see? right there you go. yeah <laughs> guess what so Dad? he lives in las vegas oh, oh okay. okay close and enough it is yeah pretty cheap to fly to las vegas it true. sure is yeah true yeah. from almost anywhere true yeah i know <laughs> yeah it would yes it would be very tempting there's more to this story right <laughs> of course of course yeah I am still holding out help. So the thing about my biological father is he has said nothing. Mm. He hasn't said, don't reach back out. Right. Okay. Well, there you go. That's a step. The door's got a crack yeah. in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The door hasn't been shut. Right. right. Exactly. It hasn't been opened, but it hasn't been shut. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. No, maybe, it's, maybe it's just unlocked. <laughs> Not open. Yeah. It's closed, but it's unlocked. The newest sister to join our pod. She's the oldest and she is so far the bravest of us and sent him an actual text message. And I thought that was, I was screaming. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But nothing back. Nothing back. There is a half sister who I know lives about 50 minutes away from me and I've done almost everything except show up on her doorstep. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's, how do you manage that type of, feeling where it's I want a relationship with them but they don't that seems to be something I'm struggling with yep for sure yeah I mean you're definitely not alone in that I feel the same way about my mother's other son I have a half brother on my mother's side and he he will 
sometimes respond to me uh, via text, uh, that sort of thing. But it's short. You know what I mean? Like it's there's no connection whatsoever. And that just feels weird to me. I only have six, I mean, that I know of. And it just feels weird to have never connected with one of the six. You know, Mm -hmm. it just, I don't know. And it feels kind of unfair. And I don't know how to say that. It just, I mean, who am I, right, to expect it? But it's like, I'm your older brother. Like, the least we could do is have a conversation. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah. And I think, and I, sometimes I have to remind Kendall that like, we all don't think the same. We have to kind of st- take a step back and think like, okay, not everybody came up in the arts and are like open to like putting themselves out there in front of people. True. I mean, it would drive True. me absolutely bonkers um, to find out I've had half siblings and, and they wanted zero contact. It would just drive me crazy. Like, why don't they want to know me? Yeah. And who knows that could happen because we just did. I've done Ancestry before and no surprises yeah. there, but we just did 23 and Me, so we'll see what in a couple of yeah. weeks. <laughs> you never know. You never know. There's a lot more of us on 23 and Me than Ancestry, I really? will say. Okay, that's huh. good. Yeah, it's good to know. There's, I think, four of us on Ancestry and nine of us on 23 and Me. Wow. Oh, okay, all right. Because we always joke about my biological father that we might not be the only ones out there. Right. <laughs> he was so... Yeah. Um, Active, yes. I think, is yeah. the, the polite way to say. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And my father had a wandering eye. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. That's something that I always tell people. I do highly recommend taking one of these tests, but be a little careful. Right. Just you got to understand that you might be getting some shocks. Yeah. Not you just do have to be prepared. Yes. It's not just finding out what percentage of Irish you are. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> you, well, you might I'm... have sixteen siblings out there. <laughs> I took it with the express purpose of finding siblings. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, And the fact that so many of my siblings are finding out through taking the tests. Mm. So I did mess up contact with one of them. I do have a half sister that shares my name. Her name is Melanie. Hmm. Spelled the same way. Um, And what are the odds of that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um. She was unaware and I may have said things the wrong way when I initiated contact. Yeah. Mm. Just because I was unaware that she wouldn't have known. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, having been told at such a young age, didn't even consider that my siblings' parents wouldn't have told them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's no manual for this. You are writing the manual right now you're helping create yeah. the manual and so yeah people are going to make little oopsies you know yeah. kendall sure did for he, sure he, he yeah. his three half siblings on his mom's side had no clue they did not know i existed and he dropped yeah. that bomb <laughs> i mean you know i i at that point i was 47 years old when i found yeah them and Corey's like, wait, they may not know that you exist. And I was like, well, they're going to find out today. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, what if something happened to me tomorrow? They need to know that I am out there and I want to yeah. know them. One of them is the sister that he literally just got back yes. from the trip and with. And it's so you funny know? because Kendall's baby <laughs> sister was like, well, we're not going to tell Stephanie yet because she's on vacation. Just so happened to be on vacation in Boston you know, which we live in New Hampshire. So like we were <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. But uh, Kendall's youngest was like, she's a little bit, she might not, you know, she might take this the wrong way or she's, she's very sensitive. It's like, oh my gosh, 
she embraced it fully, you know, just very I mean, quickly. like, the, and, and Kendall and Stephanie could not be closer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. She is. She's great. Every mm. time I meet a new sibling, I, I want to say it gets easier each time, but it doesn't because it's so unique. Mm. Yeah. But it's also so familiar. Mm. Well, yeah. You've got the biology there. The genetic mirroring. Right. Yeah. Yep. It is bizarre. There's a photo, I think, on our website of me with my uncle, Sean, my biological father's yeah. brother. Wow. I, I mean... There's no denying <laughs> that I look more like Uncle Sean than I look like my dad, but it is bizarre. Do you guys do comparisons like that? Oh, yeah. 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 It's so. And in fact, it's funny. I feel like I look more like Uncle Sean than Uncle Sean's three kids. My cousins <laughs> look like yeah. him. They look more like their mom. And growing up as a, an adoptee with no biological connection to either side of the family, yeah. you're like, who do I look like? Yeah. I don't really look yeah. like any of these people. But uh, you could line Kendall up in the middle and and have his six siblings on either side of them and see yeah. the similarities going yeah. down the line on each direction. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That has been something that has been so much fun because having a full sister mm -hmm. and having that genetic sample size of two and then increasing it to 16. Yeah. And being yeah. able to really figure out how genetics can take part. Because my full sister, I found a picture of my mom's oldest sister from high school. And I thought it was my sister. Wow. Wow. My wow. sister takes after my mom's family a lot more than I do. Okay. Yeah. And I do think that's one of the reasons that she never felt the need to seek other family right mm -hmm. right she had genetic mirroring yeah. right yeah. right i didn't see myself in that family and so it is really crazy because there's maybe half of us out of the 16 that half of us look like me and then the other half looked more like my sister really and it is kind of interesting but we do all have the cheekbones mm -hmm. wow. okay mm -hmm. nice hmm. nice wow very very cool wow well, your story is just, this is the beginning of your story, really. And thank you for being open to talking about the first couple of chapters. But we really hope that you stay in touch because we would love to continue sharing your journey as it expands. So we have talked about as a sibling pod, working on our own podcast. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we have a running title of From Strangers to Siblings. Yeah. Cool. And it's kind of just us getting to know each other's as I think siblings should. Like I want to know their favorite color right. and yeah. some of their childhood dramas. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I think we need more of that in the community and everybody's been so open. We've ever felt like, oh, we're accidentally stepping on somebody's toes or something like that. It's like, right. no, we need to get these stories out there. There's so many people that just don't have any idea. Like you mentioned, the donor conceived community being so close, so many similarities to the adoption community. Yeah. Not something that we really thought about because we weren't part of that until our eyes yeah. started to get opened to how similar all these different communities are and how really it's just one big community. Mm -hmm. Well, and also at the protest in New Orleans, I mean, there is less than 20 of us. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty small gathering but it was powerful in its own right meeting yeah. so many people with such unique shared experiences 
Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. And then meeting, I mean, there's so many more of us out there that have no clue, no concept. And then the more people I talk to about this, just clients of mine, friends, anyone I meet, I'll tell my story to whoever. And no one is even aware of this side of the community. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. You're right. Because the positives are what I've always heard about, mm -hmm. right? And there are so many wonderful positives about people who donate and give other people families. But it's eye-opening when you start hearing about these people that have been lied to for all their lives. Yes. And even the donors are lied to. Right? So yes. it's just, yeah. We, we believe strongly in the positivity of the concept. We yes. feel even stronger that it should be done in the right way. And it's not right now. Yeah. That is so. exactly how I feel. I think the science of donor conception is absolutely amazing. But the way they're doing it right now is kind of a scam. Mm -hmm. Right. You're mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Very true. Well, I don't know if they're Laura not. has begun planning her next protest or whether or not it's going to be in New Orleans. But if we can make it, so, we'll absolutely be there. Yeah. The word I've heard is it's in Denver in October next year. Oh, okay. Okay. But awesome. Yeah. It's still yes. not fully. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Very cool. We'll actually be in Denver in the spring for the Right to Know conference. Yeah. Yeah, they asked yeah. us to come and speak uh, about. That's so cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So yes, absolutely. what a great group and doing important mm -hmm. work. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. If we can still spread that news, we definitely will. Yeah, absolutely. I finished that podcast this morning. Good. That episode. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was definitely fascinating. I'm going to look into that agency a lot more. It's yes. amazing. They're doing yeah. some really, really cool stuff. Yeah. So yeah we're, yeah, we're trying to spread awareness about them for sure. Yeah. Cool. While Melanie identifies as non-binary, they also take on the role of matriarch with their pod of half-siblings or diblings as some donor babies refer to their new family members. Kendall and I applaud Melanie and our other guests who share that therapy helps comprehend and work through the challenges of family identity and discovery. A surprise for us is how closely connected our communities are in so many ways. We may use different terms to describe our guests, such as adoptees, donor babies, NPEs, and etc. But the stories we share here are fashioned together to a coat of many colors, one that we're proud to see being strutted down the family twist runway. As we approach season five and our milestone 100th episode, Kendall and I want to hear your stories or the stories from the people you hold dear. Please visit FamilyTwistPodcast.com, take a quick scroll to the bottom of the page, and share a twist with us. We want you to be our next guest. Until then, let's take care of each other while doing the twist. Okay, we're still testing out the catchphrases. The Family Twist Podcast features original music by Cosmic Afterthoughts and is presented by Savoir Faire Marketing Communications.